All right, it's about that time. Weekend upon us once again, and we got the next 30 minutes of the Disability Law Show to set you up nice. You want to reach out to Savannah Tamarkin anytime. Sam Firu Tamarkin LLP is where you want to go. Toll free, of course, one 855 help at ca. And if you want uh, some further reading, go to uh, ltdfaq.ca. Great website. You click on there, roll down a little bit. You'll see all the boxes with the different headers. Click on those, and you can read all the the different topics we talk about on the show every week. Super easy to digest, not legalese, simple language. Again, ltdfaq.ca. We'll get into some emails here in just a bit, but first we always start, uh, Sivan, with the the week that was or the case of the day. What do you got going on, pal? Yeah, John, great to be with you uh, and with our listeners. Let me uh, start off by telling you that, uh, you know, we do a lot of uh, cases in our office throughout Ontario, helping people who've been injured in a car accident, slip and falls, uh, who are having issues with their long-term disability. Uh, we have a lot of experience in that. Many of our lawyers have worked for insurance companies in the past, and so we mm-hmm. know the other side. Uh, and many of us have been doing this kind of work uh, for literally uh, decades. Uh, I mean, the combined experience we have here at the firm is several hundred years worth of, of experience yeah. uh, helping individuals with anything from employment claims to LTD to personal injury, etc. So there's a lot of firepower that we bring to the table. Uh, and one of the things that concerns me a lot is when people get advice or they're told to seek out advice from people who are not necessarily the best in their field. So, for example, if somebody asks me you know, to recommend uh, a real estate lawyer or an immigration lawyer, I'll be able to, if I don't know someone, I'll be able to get someone else to tell me at the firm you know, who this person should go to. So recommendations are really, really important to us. Well, I get a call this, uh, this week, earlier this week, from uh, an individual. He's uh, uh, the son of, uh, a, well, his parents were involved in a car accident uh, just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and, and this person is concerned because his parents are a bit older. They suffered significant injuries because of the accident. They were not at fault for the accident. Uh, they're going to need a lot of medical treatments. And uh, the father used to work part-time at a department store. Now he can't work. Uh, the mother used to volunteer at a local school. She can't do that. We don't know how long that will last, but I can tell you that the injuries are significant. There are some fractures. There's concussion. Uh, there's going to be a lot of issues for these individuals. Now, here's where the concern is, and this is why the son called me. So this gentleman, I actually helped him with a claim years and years ago, and so he knows me. He knows the quality of the work that we do at our office, helping people who are injured. And the reason why he was concerned is because uh, his parents were referred to a rehabilitation clinic by the tow truck driver that came to the scene. And when these individuals, these, these, his parents, went to the rehabilitation clinic that the tow truck driver referred them to, uh, the, the clinic then put them in touch with a law firm. I know the law firm. I, I got the name. Uh, I can tell you, I'm not going to mention the name here on air, but I can tell you that this law firm is notoriously known for not being the best at what they do. Hmm. It's more factory style, the way that they deal with claimants, the, the, you know, the, the way they deal with accident claims. Right. Uh, and I can tell you, even when I used to work for the insurance industry and I was on the other side, I never found their lawyers to be particularly good at what they do. And this is really key and important because if you don't get the right lawyer or the right team helping you with your claim after a car accident, with your legal claim, it's like not having a good doctor treating you. You know, that's not a good thing, right? You're not going to recover. You're not going to get to optimal health. Same thing with a legal claim. You want to make sure you have a lawyer or a team of lawyers or a law firm behind you that has credibility with insurance companies, that has credibility with doctors, and that has credibility in the legal field in general. 
Right. And the reason for that is because that's going to maximize the amount of money, compensation that you're going to be getting at the end of the day. If I see on the other side, if I'm the insurance company and there is a lawyer or a law firm on the other side and they don't have a good reputation, I don't think that they have the experience or the resources to take the case all the way or to fight really hard for the injured claimant, me as an insurance company, logically speaking, I'm going to try and wear them out. Now, the individual who's injured doesn't necessarily know that this is happening. They don't understand that at the end of the day, maybe they got ten dollars or $20,000 for their claim for their injuries, but perhaps with the right lawyer or the right law firm, they would have gotten 100000 or $200,000. Mm. So my point here is that you got to be very skeptical and very uh, careful when you get a recommendation of which lawyer to go to, particularly when you're going after an accident to a clinic and it's the clinic that's telling you where to go. I'm not saying all recommendations are bad, okay? And I'm not even mentioning, like I said, the name of this law firm or the clinic. But I can tell you that this clinic clearly has some relationship with that law office. That's the reason I believe that they had referred the, you know, this, this nice couple uh, uh, to this law firm. And if they sign up with that law firm, they're not going to be, I don't think, in good hands. Now, I'm not saying they have to come to me in any way. I mean, the son called me because he knows we do good work. Uh, and he wants his parents to come and be represented by one of our lawyers, perhaps myself. And I have no problem with that, but it doesn't have to be just me. It doesn't have to be just our law firm. All I'm saying is you got to do your due diligence when you are selecting a lawyer or a law firm because that's going to dictate ultimately how much money is going to lend in your pocket. You bet. You bet. Again, reaching out to this particular law firm, always advised to do so, right? That's why we do the show, one 821 5900 And uh, that email address again, help at disabilityrights.ca. Super simple. Let's get down to uh, to Donna. First one up on the show uh, tonight, uh, Savannah Donna says, Back in January, I slipped at a variety store when I was picking up some milk. Apparently the fridge there was leaking and I didn't notice, but the lady at the front told me afterwards that this has been an issue for a couple days. I don't understand why they didn't put any signs up. I got a lot of pain in my right shoulder still, and my doctor has sent me for x-rays and ultrasound. That showed a full tear. I had an appointment a few weeks ago with an orthopedic surgeon who says that someone in my age will never fully recover and I will likely need surgery. I'm a full-time caretaker for my husband who has cancer and Parkinson's, and I've uh, had to ask our adult children to help us out a lot. But now I'm afraid that I may not be able to take care of him in the future. Really concerned. What should I do? Wow, that's a tough situation. Yeah, this is an extremely tough situation, John. I feel so bad. I mean, Donna, this is a terrible, terrible situation. Let me break this down. There's a lot to unpack here. Number one, the fact that uh, you were told uh, that the fridge there uh, was leaking and that this has been an issue for a couple of days and they didn't have any signs completely contradicts or contravenes the obligation of that store, not this lady necessarily, but the store yep. as a whole under the Occupier's Liability Act. That's the legislation, that's the law in Ontario that imposes a positive obligation on occupiers. Whoever has responsibility for a particular area, they can be owners of the premises, they can be uh, renters, whoever it is that has uh, uh, control of the area, there is an obligation on them to keep the property reasonably safe. And in the case of a store, reasonably safe for patrons like yourself. Clearly, that didn't happen here. Clearly. And to me, this is essentially on the facts presented, John, a slam dunk case. Mm -hmm. So this is really important to understand, Donna. I think you have a case here. Now, once we get over the issue of who's at fault, which of course the store is at fault here, the question then becomes what are the damages and the injuries? And this is really something that we have to unpack. 
Most people, John, when they come to me and they ask me, what kind of compensation can I be looking at here for my injury? They think in their mind that it's just for pain and suffering. But what if, as a result of your injury, you're going to expend out-of-pocket expenses? What happens if you have uh, uh, um, uh, expenses other than just uh, medical expenses or rehabilitation expenses? I mean, we're in Ontario, so we have OHIP here, which, by the way, by the way, OHIP has its own claim here, mm-hmm. right? Most people don't understand that. When you have a slip and fall claim or a non-car accident type claim and you have an injury and you see compensation, you have to keep OHIP in the back of your mind. This is We deal with this, right? We don't ask people to think about this because we as lawyers know this or ought to know this, and it's really important. So, so Donna, in your case, you are dealing obviously with, with a tear, a shoulder tear. I've seen those kinds of injuries. I've dealt with those kinds of injuries. Uh, I've spoken to many orthopedic surgeons, upper extremity orthopedic surgeons about these. These are serious injuries. And you know, based on what your doctor is saying, you're gonna have permanent slash residual impairments. And who knows where that's going to lead to. Now, you're concerned about being a caretaker for your husband and you can't do that and your children are going to have to now step in. Okay, so, so here's what we're looking at. We're looking at pain and suffering compensation. If you cannot work or have difficulty working or will have, an, it's going to have an impact on your work in the future, you're going to be looking at some kind of a loss of income or loss of competitive advantage in the workplace type claim. That could easily scale up and be worth hundreds of thousands of dollars, just that claim alone for the income loss portion. Yeah. What about those, you know, the, 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 the various uh, uh, rehabilitation expenses, medical expenses? Those also are really important here to take into consideration. John, not everybody has health care benefits. Uh, uh, OHIP doesn't cover everything. So there's going to be a lot of things that she's going to have to spend out of pocket. Those are recoverable as well against the insurance company of the store. Now, what about the husband? What about the children? Well, guess what? Under the Family Law Act in Ontario, family members, some family members, and the Section 61 of the Family Law Act outlines this, are entitled to certain types of compensation as a result of their family member getting injured due to someone's negligence. So in this case, if the children now have to help at home, have to pick up the slack, they may be entitled to compensation for picking up that slack. Not to mention also what uh, uh, Donna's husband is entitled to in terms of the fact that he now doesn't have the same wife. He has a wife that's injured now, right? Now, what about other expenses? Maybe now her husband is going to need round-the-clock care. Maybe the children can't help enough. Maybe they have to hire someone to come into the home. Who's going to pay for all that? I'll tell you who's going to pay for all that. The insurance company of the store that was negligent here. So you see, I can do a whole show more than that even, just in this case alone, Donna. And my suggestion is that after the show, you and I speak about the case, you and I speak about what the options are, what needs to be done right now to start the process rolling. You don't have to do it, but at least you'll know what the process is. I'll explain to you what to expect, what the timelines are, what needs to happen. And it's not gonna cost you anything. I'm happy to speak with you completely for free. I just wanna make sure you and your family understand what the options are, what the insurance company here, what the store, Uh, was obligated to do and didn't do and what that means vis-a-vis compensation that you and your family are going to be owed now for this very significant injury which could have been avoided. 
And with that, we'll get into a uh, short break here. we got lots more to go. And never hesitate to send an email along, whether it appears on this show on a Friday or uh, going forward. Savannah's team always there to uh, to answer. That address, help at disabilityrights.ca. Simply the website is disabilityrights.ca. Catch past radio shows and links to our long-running TV show as well. How about that? And then always toll-free. Use the number if you want to go right that way. 1-855-821-5900. Short break. Right back with more of the Disability Law Show. Hang on. All right, welcome back. We're here, Disability Law Show, on a Friday. A few minutes to go, so thank you so much if you've sent along an email. If you're planning to call after the show and going forward, you could do so. To Savant's team, always ready for you. 1-855-821-5900. Email address, help at disabilityrights.ca. And another option to ask your questions via your uh, smartphone or your tablet, your desktop for that matter, my disabilityquestions.com. We love this one because it's also got a searchable database. That's the way the algorithm works. So maybe a question similar to yours by someone else was asked in the recent past and it'll save you some time, right? If it's kind of ballpark what you're asking. If not, leave your question there. It will be answered. Mydisabilityquestions.com. But uh, Savannah, I want to get to Tristan's email here. Been standing by. says, guys, I was involved in a major accident last weekend. I was stopped at a red light when a car from behind hit me so hard that I got pushed into the middle of the intersection and hit by a car on the driver's side traveling through the intersection. T-bone, right? I know that the person that hit me in the middle of the intersection isn't at fault, but I sustained most of my injuries by the car that since it was on the driver's side. Can I still sue and put in a claim? Wow. What do you think, pal? 100%. 100%. Now, Tristan, keep in mind here, I mean, you were injured... And people who are injured, individuals injured as a result of a car accident in Ontario are entitled to at least one type of claim, if not two, in, with respect to their injuries. The first one is called an accident benefits claim. And we talk about this all the time, John. That has nothing to do with whether you're at fault or not, Tristan. Mm-hmm. In this case, you were not at fault, and we'll get to the whole issue of fault and what happens with that. But in terms of your injuries, because you suffered uh, significant injuries here from what you, you're, you're saying, you're entitled to things like income replacement benefits generally up to $400 a week. There's a formula that people, that the insurance companies use, so it really depends on that. Now, sometimes it's even more than $400 a week, depending on to, as to whether or not you purchased uh, an upgraded policy, but at least 400 a week, sorry, up to $400 a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're not working, you may still be entitled to monetary compensation, such as non-earner benefits. Generally, it's about $185 a week for a maximum of two years. What about medical and rehabilitation benefits? What if you are injured to such an extent that you need now physio, chiro, massage, etc.? Well, if you suffered a small accident or let's say insignificant injuries, minor injuries, quote unquote, I use that in quotes because insurance companies a lot of times say that something is minor when it's not really minor, which is why we tell people call us so we can chat. Uh, you'd be entitled still up to $3,500 worth of treatments. But guess what? If you suffered anything more than a minor injury, I'm talking about a a, a full tear or a fracture or um, other types of injuries, Uh, if you had pre-existing issues that have been exacerbated, you could be entitled up to $65,000 of combined medical rehabilitation benefits and attendant care Mm -hmm. if you need help around the home. You know, so there's a lot of that. Now, if you suffered catastrophic injuries, I mean, the numbers are through the stratosphere in that situation. So we can explain all that uh, with a private culturist and not here on the show. But I'll tell you this now. If you, in fact, suffered injuries, which are going to affect you in the long term, 
In other words, your injuries are serious and let's say permanent. And by permanent, I don't mean that you know for a fact that you're going to have them forever. But for the foreseeable future, you're going to have them. They're going to impact, let's say, your ability to earn income or uh, most of your activities of daily living, etc. You may be entitled to a claim against the driver that hits you from behind. Now, we are dealing here with a three-car collision. So there may be another, uh, sorry, there may be a claim that involves all drivers, but ultimately the person who hits you from behind is going to be, at least based on the fact scenario here in my mind, at fault for the majority of the claim. Now what that means, Tristan, is that that person's insurance company is going to have to pay you compensation, again, depending on the significance of your injuries, the losses that you sustain, etc. You have two years, two years from the date of the accident to start this claim. It's called a tort claim as opposed to the accident benefits claim we talked right. about earlier. So mm -hmm. remember, we have two claims, right? Accident benefits for those benefits I mentioned at the outset for medical rehabilitation, for income loss, etc. Then there is what's called a tort claim, and that's where a lawyer like myself would be representing you against the insurance company of the driver that hit you from behind. I know you are concerned here about the car that uh, you struck or that uh, was involved as well in the middle of the intersection. The reality is that we don't have all of the information here, John. We have a, a scenario here that Tristan has presented, but we have no idea what the evidence will be uh, mm -hmm. or, or the testimony will be of the drivers or any other witnesses. So it's possible that there is some liability as well on the car in the intersection. I don't know. But again, remember, this is why we all have insurance. There's going to be multiple insurance companies involved here. And this is why I tell people, you as a layperson do not want to be dealing with all these insurance companies by yourself. That's right. I mean, you're going to get swallowed up by the process. So let us deal with that. Let us at the very least sit down with you. Figuratively speaking, obviously, most people don't want to sit down you know, together now for post-COVID, but we do this by phone or by Zoom, or we can meet in person if you want, doesn't matter. But the point is, let me explain the entire process a lot more than I have in the, you know, these last few minutes here, uh, so that you are very comfortable, Tristan, with the options you have. Again, people need to understand, John, we do this for free, right? We give this information for free. We do these consoles for free. And once you have that information, you can decide how you want to proceed right. and when you want to proceed. No pressure. Tristan, appreciate it again. one 821 to go forward with a phone call with Savan and his team. We've got time to get to Lorna's email here. It says, guys, I was in an accident when I was riding in my friend's car and we were rear-ended at a red light. It obviously wasn't my fault. I went to the doctor and had been having neck pain and headaches. I hit my arm in the door, and the doctor says I have a concussion. I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do. The doctor said I need treatment, but I don't have benefits through work. I have also had to miss some time from work, so I'm not sure I could afford treatment. Can you guys help me? For sure. 100%, Lorna. So when we're dealing with uh, passengers, incidentally, I mean, in this case, clearly whoever rear-ended the vehicle you were in, Lorna, is going to be at fault here for the accident. Okay, that's a no-brainer. But I have situations, John, where you have a passenger and the person who was driving is actually at fault. And so people are hesitant with respect to putting in a claim because they're concerned, obviously, that uh, you know the person that was driving is a family member, perhaps it's a spouse or a mm -hmm. sibling or a friend or a colleague. Yeah, yeah. Remember, we all have insurance. It's not those individuals who are paying out of pocket for your compensation. It's going to be the insurance company that's going to respond. I've had this happen quite a lot with spouses, a husband or a wife that's driving, and then the spouse is injured because of the driver's negligence, and they're concerned about putting in a claim. And I tell them, look, it's your choice. But ultimately, if you're dealing with significant injuries, injuries that are going to follow this person uh, you know, for a long time and is going to 
cause them losses like income losses that Lorna is describing here. You're dealing with a concussion, Lorna, right, which is a brain injury. You want to consider making that insurance claim. And so you're asking, what do I do if I have no benefits? I'll tell you what you do. You put in an accident benefits claim or we do that for you. Okay, we have people here who do this. That's what they do. They specialize in this. That is the benefit. Those are the benefits you're entitled to from the insurance company of the vehicle you were in at the time of the accident. Okay, not from the vehicle that hit you, from right. the vehicle that you are in. It's there is a priority in terms of which insurance company responds. I don't want to, you know, it's important, John, not to confuse people out there when we're talking about this. It can be very technical. Uh, but what's important to understand is, Lorna, doesn't matter if you have health benefits or group benefits or work. You are going to be entitled to accident benefits, mm -hmm. the medical rehabilitation right. expenses, potentially income loss, uh, uh, sorry, income replacement benefits, maybe non-earner benefits, depending on your situation, um, maybe attendant care, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. In terms of the claim for compensation long-term, well, again, that depends on whether or not your injuries are serious and permanent. And again, when we're talking about serious, how do we define that? Well, that's hard to define. Typically, we want to you know, consider various factors. Are you able to go back to work full-time, same hours, same duties as you had before the accident? If the answer is no, if you're somehow limited, you know, your modified duties, it's going to be like that for a long time, well, guess what? You probably suffered a very serious injury under the legislation, the way that we look at it in terms of compensation. Is it permanent? Well, nobody has a crystal ball. In very rare cases, John, do we are we able to say this person is going to be permanently disabled? I mean, maybe if you were, God forbid, if you lost a limb or you know became uh, paralyzed, but most people just don't know. What happens is that after a year or two of treatments, they plateau. They plateau at sixty percent of pre-accident health, seventy percent, fifty percent, whatever whatever it may be. We are projecting forward. So ultimately, you have to determine, you have to think for yourself, did I suffer an injury that's going to affect me for the long term? If it's only affecting me for the next little while, next few weeks or months, you may want to reconsider if you want to put in a claim. You know, Again, every case is different. You have two years to decide, two years from the date of the accident, uh, whether to actually go after the driver that caused the accident. But in this case, Lorna, from what you're describing, I would want to have a chat with you more in depth to understand the full extent of your injuries, what your doctors are really telling you, uh, and I want to understand whether or not uh, you know you feel that you're going to get better in the next few months. Because if you think that your injuries are more permanent, uh, and certainly you know they're affecting uh, serious aspects of your life, like like being able to work you need to seriously consider starting that legal claim and we can help you with that. Or at the very least, we can help you make the decision, give you the information you need to decide what your options are. Well, especially with, you know, Lorna mentioned a neck injury. And it's like, how many times have you seen in your practice where someone says, yeah, I was going to fail a claim, but, you know, it was really sore last week. This week it seems to be getting better and better. And then two months down the road, here it comes again. Headaches are back and your know, neck pain is back. You never know what's going to go on, especially when you add a car and a neck together. It can, as you said, may, maybe not catastrophic, but it can come back and, and creep up on you, right? It can, 100%. And you know what I find a lot is that you have people who have pre-existing conditions. Maybe they have a bad knee, but they can mm -hmm. still work. And then you have an accident, and that sends them over the edge. It could be a knee, it could be a shoulder, it could be whatever. The neck, you know, previous accident that you recovered from, and you were able to then function, and now this new accident really puts you back, right? It, you know, it's a great situation where now you are really, really injured, and it's probably going to end up being permanent or semi-permanent. Well, 
that's not your fault that you had that pre-existing condition. Right. It's not your fault that you were vulnerable. The law actually allows for that. So we can help you understand that because you're going to have questions. Some people are very concerned about pre-existing issues. They're concerned about whether or not they, in fact, can get compensation. You know, people watch TV. You know, you watch American TV. You watch all kinds of TV and, and shows and movies. And, you know, there are a lot of misconceptions out there. There's, it's not suits. Okay, we're not <laughs> no. going to court anytime soon. Most of these cases resolve out of court with insurance companies paying for those injuries. But you have to understand what your rights are. And this is what we are here for. Every member of my team is here to give you the information you need at no cost, at no charge. All right, and we're done. You're set to go enjoy your weekend. In the meantime, you can write down this information and keep it uh, for now or for the future if you if you ever need it. Pass it around as well for those who might uh, might come calling on you. Toll free to read Savan and his team, 1-855-821-5900. That email address we always go to is help at disabilityrights.ca. Just disabilityrights.ca will take you to the firm website. And then finally, more questions can be asked uh, for free, of course, mydisabilityrights.ca. And we'll catch you next time on the Disability Law Show.